0: Good morning. Pretty powerful, huh? This week's been a great week as it has across the world as billions of people have gathered to remember Jesus Christ. Literally billions, millions have just gathered in services all over the world, different time zones. Just, it's amazing. I'm honored that you chose to celebrate the biggest day of all time to hear that familiar story in the Bible Belt. And yet, I'm praying the Lord would speak this morning to you, as He's been speaking to me this week, about how great Jesus is. Amen? And that He'll just get all the glory. This past year, I had a good friend uh, to, to pass away. Wonderful preacher over in uh, Sacramento. And his name's Sherwood Cawthon. And Sherwood had sent me a, uh, a little thing earlier in the year and he goes call me little brother i I love it anytime anybody calls me little nobody calls me little anymore but when you're about 485 pounds he can call me little he goes little brother he puts in a text he goes preach like it's a matter of life and death because it is and then he put this scripture for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved it's the power of God. i mean, been thinking about it all year, because that's, that's what it is to be a Christ follower, to preach the power of God. Power calls a resurrection. And if, several months after he sent that text to me, he had a massive heart attack and he died. And I've just been saving it on my phone, and I look at it sometimes and I think he would inspire me, he would call me. From heaven today to say hey brother preach the cross preach Christ crucified but preach him resurrected this morning heaven's a little different just a couple weeks ago Darlene entered into heaven Months before that brother Terry he entered into heaven December 31st my stepmom passed into heaven every time somebody dies in Christ heaven gets a little more populated a little different doesn't the church pity the man that doesn't have a faith in Christ That's today. Some of you are going to get saved today. I'm believing God for that. How about that, church? Yeah, that's right. Somebody's going to get saved today. You're like, is it me? Did God tell you it's me? Hey, if you need to, do it today. I'm not into scare tactics, but if it works, I'll tell you, man. You need Jesus. Man, this life's nothing but momentary. Many mock the Word of God, though, and here he is, the tomb, and it's empty, and he's killed, and you know... You know, we, we read it, we sanitize the gospel. We've read it so much, we're like, oh yeah, you know. Uh, I got a Easter bunny this morning. I bit his head off. Uh, hallelujah. <laughs> I love God. I go to church. Mama said we could have something good today. Have a whopper with cheese. I don't know. Whatever. I hope not. I hope that's not what you're eating today. It's a great day. I mean, they didn't go to the tomb and go, ten nine eight five one he's alive man they were freaking out Have you read the gospel story i mean did you know there was only one man one man john he's the only man that hung around the whole time but it was a bunch of women and if you want to get the story out tell a bunch of women (laughs) all the men just love me all the women go i don't even like you anymore and they were telling the women, they weren't texting, they told a bunch, a bunch of women knew. And they proclaimed that rich story of grace, and she went back to tell, hey guys, he's not there, he's alive. what did they do? They ran back to the tomb, and one of them, in his gospel, I still never figured this out, he had to tell us that he outran Peter to the tomb. Men, we're so competitive. <laughs> I mean, here it is, the greatest story ever told, and they're talking about, I'm number one, baby out ran you to the tomb you didn't have your nikes on i don't know what it was okay but raised first corinthians 15 14 if there is no resurrection of the dead then christ is not risen if christ is not risen then our preaching is empty your faith is also empty but let me tell you my faith's not empty he's alive he's risen he's risen indeed oh god give me power give me anointing lord jesus Save some today. Let them believe the story. Don't let them just kind of grow dead to it. The Sadducees, as to whether there will be a resurrection of the dead, haven't you ever read about this in the Scriptures? Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said, I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living and not the dead. We're living. The stones are going to cry out and proclaim the name of Jesus. And Christians better cry out. And the lost need to be convinced our Savior lives. Wow, I got so much context today. We might not go out of here at 2.30. I don't know, we might go to Burger King just to get something to make it through this message. Some of you are like, oh, help him, Jesus. Help him, help him, help him. Some of you are praying right now, my iPad would go blank. It won't do any good today, though. There's a lot in this soul It's just spilling over. See, death causes sadness and it causes separation. And you've all been there. You've experienced death of somebody close to you. We've wiped out a whole family tree on my side now. I'm kind of the patriarch. I'm the the old man. Like, well, tell us something we didn't know. We already knew that. So I'm the old guy. Some of you are older than me. Thank the Lord Jesus. Amen. God's good. He's building a church. He said, God of the living, if Christ has been raised in your faith, if he hasn't been raised, your faith's useless. Then you're still guilty of sins. Then you got to go make sacrifice. But Christ was raised, so you don't have to stay guilty anymore. That's Good Friday. That's the cross. You know, we're raised in the church. We expect resurrection. But you got to think, if, if, if you haven't any idea of religion and Christianity and the church of Jesus Christ, this resurrection could be a new idea. Well, Jesus was telling about the resurrection, but the guys didn't get it. His own brother James didn't get it after the resurrection. And today, so many still don't get it about how he's alive and well. And then they go, well, produce a dead body. That's what we know. If, 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 you know, is, is there a dead body at the tomb? They, they couldn't find one. And they look, man, there's all these swoon theories and all these, I like, just kind of fainted. He just gasped, but he really wasn't dead. <laughs> yeah, really, whatever. But listen to John twenty nineteen. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came, and he stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. Here it is, John had stood, as I said earlier, at the cross with a bunch of women. And 50 days later, Peter, he gets bold, he preaches a heck of a sermon. 3,000 people get saved. Man, I, I wish I could have been there today. How about you? Oh, that, was, you know, that was new believers. But, you know, then there's this story about all these people. They're, they're all. It says they're, they're fearful, but they gathered in a house. They didn't want to be persecuted for, for Christ's sake. And they missed it. And here's the Roman soldiers and all this stuff. Like, no, they'll take us. Something, something will happen to us. But then there's this guy. His name's Thomas. And we know Thomas is what? Doubting Thomas. Y'all have the name Thomas. It's me. That's why I never use it. Thomas Keith. I go with Keith. Because Thomas is just known as a doubter, as a skeptic. And he later believes and he asks, Great, man, I, I'm not gonna believe. And, and Jesus appears to all the guys, and it's this incredible story in the gospel narrative, and, and he's appeared to him like, Hey Thomas, you won't believe what happened. He came bit slow up tongue. He showed up. Who? Jesus, he's alive. Nah, guys, y- y'all just want to believe that. No, no. He, he showed up, Thomas. And Thomas, <laughs> he goes, I won't believe. I won't believe unless I can touch and put my hand in his wound and his side. But you know, from the time the guys talk about this till the time Jesus shows up, there's a seven-day period. And I just thought about that for a minute. Jesus let Thomas struggle. He left him with some tension to think about the gospel. And the day some of you came, and you've been struggling for a long time, and you've been thinking, and you've been even contemplating the gospel of grace. But you still won't believe. And Thomas searches, and he finally gives his life to Christ. I want you to look at the very top of your outline. Plan A, plan B, plan C. Here's plan A. I don't want to know nothing about death. I don't want to see death. I don't want to hear about death. I'm covering my eyes. You remember when you were little, if you covered your eyes, then you didn't think anybody could see you. You thought you were invisible. You know you played that game. Don't you wish that was true, that you could just go invisible? I do that sometimes, come up here and just go invisible. You know what I'm saying? But there's a plan A. Some people just believe that, you know, if I don't really believe, I don't really think about death, and it's not going to happen to me. Well, yeah, whatever. I mean, you know, that, that's just kind of... So I'll stay busy shopping and golfing and hunting and chasing and doing whatever. Then, then there's plan B. Put up your dukes, baby. Let's fight. Let's fight over this faith thing. Or let's, let's fight. Man, I'm not going to die. I'm going to take my vitamins. Do you know people that take vitamins die? I take vitamins every day. I take a lot of vitamins. My wife has me on this good thing, and I take me, and they're good, and they're, and they're good for you. They should, you know, they're, they're not as good as Krispy Kreme's, but they're good for you. And, uh, you know, Krispy Kreme's will kill you. But, uh, but the bottom line is, it's good. And people all the time, I exercise, I do this, and it's good to take care of the temple, and I want us to celebrate that, and Scripture says that's good. But let me tell you, everybody in this room is going to die. You're going to die. You might even get healed. You're still going to die. Do I have a big amen? Somebody's like, well, why are you getting so excited about it? I don't want to die. Oh, but when you die in Christ, you live. But then there's a, because just right up by by point plan B, we're all terminal. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Next time you go to the airport, terminal, A, B, or C. Why do they call them terminals? I, I, I just always think about that. I know my mind's a little weird, but I'm getting ready to get on an airplane, which I don't really comprehend how it flies anyway, and they're taking me to a terminal. I just think they should change the wording, just, just the thought. Okay, i got a bunch of fighter pilots in here. They're like, we don't care, we're just fixing to take off. Okay, here we go, All Right, plan C. Here's, here's a plan you want to get on. It's what Jesus offers. It's grace, it's forgiveness, it's atonement, it's blood. I'll give you my hand, believe me. I want you to write down a scripture, John 647. Put it right there in your notes today, John 647. Love this passage, it hangs on, on my wall in my office at home i tell you the truth, anyone, anyone, anyone who believes has eternal life. That's for you. That's for you. It's for you. It's for me. Anybody that believes the gospel has eternal life. Amen? You trust. It's not mental intellect, assent, volition of the mind. It's saving, dynamic, radical, trusting, relational belief. You believe in jesus my lord and my god attempts here to trust him first corinthians 15 3 for what i received i passed on to you as the first importance that christ died for our sins according to the scriptures you know when you read the gospels matthew mark luke and john you see that jesus appears there to a few and then to a few more in the upper room and then he appears to 500 i'd love to have be been a part of the 500 And in this time when Scripture was written, you know, most of them were still alive. And they're like, well, if you don't believe us, go ask them. But he's alive. He's not here. He restores broken people. And let me just say this. A hundred years from today, a hundred years from today, you're all going to be old geezers. Every one of you. Even our babies are going to be old in a hundred years. Plan C is going to be the only plan that matters. Plan A and B ain't going to cut it. A plan C is going to be eternal. And look right here in my notes. It's a three-day story. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We celebrated Friday. Good Friday. The cross. The blood. The atonement. Forgiveness poured out. Dark. Dismal. Horrible. Horrific. Tortured. Day. It's Friday. Then we get to Saturday. Saturday is just kind of that day in between. And I just write in your notes, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, death, burial, resurrection. Death, burial, resurrection. Put it another way. Trouble, silence, alive. There was much trouble on Friday by the religious leaders of the day. But then Saturday came and it was silence. It was still. Everybody lost their hope. Everybody lost their faith. Despair set in. Yesterday, I thought about this often. I kept thinking about Saturday. Saturday's just a kind of in-between day on two sides. Big day of the cross, big day of the resurrection. Saturday's just Saturday. You know what? A lot of you are living in Saturday. You're just kind of in-between. Now, God wants to take you to Sunday, but you're just hanging out. You're just camping out here. You need trouble. Well, you don't need it, but you got it. Trouble. Then there's silence, and then there's right down another word. Deliverance. Deliverance comes. That's what salvation means, deliverance. Lord, you've come to set the captives free. You've come. You know, some of, some of you are just, in day one, you're abused, you're neglected, you're hurting, you're beaten, lonely, scared, abandoned, powerless, stunned, just blown away, you're in day one. It's a, yeah, a season for that. I mean, who wants to stay on day one of the life of Christ? I, I don't think so. Day one's a day of crucifixion. Day one would be a day of personal tragedy. And then we progress to day two. As I'm talking about, I just don't want to run through it before I get there and tell all the story, but on Saturday, I want you to write down, on Saturday, hope is dead. Hope was Jesus. He was the greatest teacher that's ever walked the planet. He was the greatest healer that's ever come from heaven. He was heaven. And people would listen to Rabbi Jesus and he would teach in the synagogues and he would teach on the mountainside and they would bring the sick and the oppressed and the dead to Jesus. But on Saturday, hope dies. It just dies. Can you identify with Saturday? Hope died. Your relationship died. Your marriage died. Your mate died. Your mom, your dad, died. Your company went under. It died. Something died. I know you're going, I hope you got some more good news, man. You're kind of depressing all of us right now. But you can't appreciate the good news unless you appreciate Saturday. Amen? Because you get angry and you get confused. Saturday. Now, in our calendar, Saturday is a glorious day. I like Saturdays. You know, I'm not so bad. But on this one, matter of fact, I'm going to borrow from a deep theologian. I want you to hear this audio. <laughs> You're like, why did he do that? Remember when you watched that as a little kid? That's all, folks. That's what Saturday was. That's all. It's over. Christ is dead. They laid him in a tomb. He didn't save himself. He's dead. My hope's dead. What's going on? So it's not Friday, not Saturday. You know, Saturday, what happens on Saturday is just right out there. Saturday, sometimes you feel like when you're on Saturday, you're crushed. Your prayers don't get answered. You give up hope because you feel like hope's died. You're devastated. You're disillusioned. The Scripture says weeping endureth for the night, but joy comes in the morning. That's the story of resurrection. Joy comes in the morning of the first. Amen, that's right. I heard somebody, amen, man. man, You just go ahead. You know, Jesus lying in the tomb, lifeless. Things are really tough. Day two, people feel like they don't have promise of resurrection, although Jesus, that's all he was teaching about, but they didn't hear it. They didn't really get it. And day three, The pre-dawn hours of Easter, he gets up. Now, the the Bible says the stone gets rolled away. The stone wasn't rolled away so Jesus could get out. The stone was rolled away so they could go in and see. Jesus just overcame all that, man. He he was bigger than that. He just walked right through it. I mean, I'm like, Lord, thank you so much. Listen to Revelation chapter 1, 17 and 18. Write it down. Revelation 1, 17 and 18. I am the, he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and heaven and death. I have the keys. I, I am life. God was doing his best work on Saturday. God engineered resurrection. Are you grateful for resurrection this morning? That's God's idea. That's plan C. God engineered resurrection for people that were dead, that had lost hope. On Saturday... Hope had been annihilated. And here on Sunday morning, they're on the cusp of hope. But yet, still the disciples, the ones that follow Jesus, they're they're confused. They're looking for Jesus. He's not here. He's risen. They're like, I don't understand. I mean, the third day is just a, you know, but Jesus shows, hey, I've got one more move for you people. But I want you to look here in the middle of the page today. There's two kinds of hope. There's a hope where you put hope in something. We've all lived there. We're living there now. You, you just put hope in something that you want to happen in your life. I hope I get that job. Do I have a witness? Anybody ever had hope for that? Here you go, men, I hope I get that girl. Now, if you're married, I don't want you to hope you get the girl. But so you put hope. Hey, I hope I get a job. I hope I get the girl. I hope I get healed. I hope I get this. I hope. And you put hope in something. And I want you to realize that there's something there is it hope In something always disappoints, right out there. When you put your hope in something, it will always disappoint you. But there's good news here, because there's another kind of hope. Putting your hope in the things of this world, they they fall short, they, they fall. But then when you put your hope in someone, put your hope in someone. When you put your hope in the person of Jesus Christ. I love what Peter says in 1 Peter 1, 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we've been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And now, and now we live with great expectation. Hallelujah. It's a matter of life and death. Remember when I said that? Because Christ is raised from the dead, we have hope, and we have high expectation. We're born again. We come to faith in Christ. The Bible says we're born into a living hope. We're born into a dynamic relationship with God. Living hope is alive. It means addictions have to fall. It means sin is broken, the patterns of it. It means that I can go on that just hope in life is pointless, but hope in the Savior takes you somewhere. Hope in the Savior helps you get past your rut. Do y'all ever get in ruts? Do y'all ever get in situations where you lose hope? Yeah. Happens all the time. When people commit suicide, they're hopeless. They lose all hope. When something attacks your life, you lose hope. And that's why you want to look at a cross. You want to look at a risen Savior. He never disappoints. So this morning, I don't know what your hope's in. If your hope's in the economy, I bet you've been real disappointed the last decade or so. If your hope's in your ball team, I bet you've been disappointed, hadn't you? You're like, well, not me. You know not have any championships? No, look, you've been disappointed. We all get disappointed in this world. It's so the next world I'm trying to get us to think about. So listen to this. The word hope is used 71 times in the New Testament. It's used one time before the resurrection, 70 times after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I think there's something to tell us there, that our hope is linked to the person of Jesus. It's linked to the resurrection. It comes from someone. It stores up. 1 Corinthians, For what I have received, I passed on to you, is of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Word. So the king has a move. Friday's dark. But then we get to Sunday. Sunday is a day of victory. Just in your notes today. This is victory day. Okay, well, I don't guess you're too excited. About it. This is championship day. This is the win day. This is the victory for the believer. Amen. <laughs> just the boy from Old Sherwood. He said, "I just amen myself." He, and, and, and he in a he preached in a great diverse church of multiple cultures, and y'all just looking at me like. Huh? Come on, church. Let's be the church. Amen. I've seen you. I've been to the ball games with you, man. You're so jacked up, and your team's pitiful. And you, oh man, they scored. Hey, glory to God. You know your team's getting beat sixty to nothing. They score a touchdown. Ah-ha! You just want to go. They're horrible. And I'm talking about the champion that defeated death. He got up one Sunday morning, and you're going, ah, yeah, Come on, There you go, church. That's hope. That's hope. Amen. Y'all waking up. Somebody needs to. Come on, church. Some of you in the tomb of compromise this morning. Compromise has just kind of lulled you to sleep. Here's Jesus. He's just telling us he loves us. And he got up and he, we were on his mind. He's thinking about our hearts. But then I go down to this in the next section. Four words that can change your life. Four words. I love these words. I read them over and over and over. I want you to get ready. Oh, thank you. There they are. Well, okay. That's all, folks. Let's go. He is not here. Let's say that together. He is not here. Yeah, that's pretty good. Let's do it together. He is not here. Isn't that that awesome? Man, there's there's no dead body. He's gone. There's a a linen cloth folded up, just laid there. and He's gone. He's the resurrected Christ. Every other religion of the world, Muhammad, Buddha, Confucius, just, just Joseph Smith. Oh, no, no, just go, all these religious leaders, and we could go to their grave and we would find bones. I've been to the tomb of Jesus. It's empty, baby. He's alive. He reigns. There's an empty tomb. But there's a reigning, ruling, conquering Savior in glory this morning. Man, I'm longing for that trip. I'm longing for us to go, that he's not here. So he he walks out of the tomb and he changes everything. When Christ walks into your life, he changes everything. It's all dark. No joy, no hope, no help, they thought. Then the resurrection happens. Cataclysmic, all-powerful, all-knowing event. Because for some reason, people were living in the shadow of yesterday. I want you to look down here at Mark 16. Look down there in 16.6. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. And you will see him there, just as he told you before he died. Jesus went ahead and told them, I'm not going to be there. And they're like, I don't know, it's Saturday. It's all gone. And Sunday morning appears, and a few see it, and then he appears to others, and they go, man, it's just what he said. So here's here's the thought I got for you. The difference a day makes. The difference that Sunday made over Saturday was all the difference. Have you ever noticed in your situation that a day can make all the difference? Has anybody ever noticed that? Just, just one day. Just hold on just a little bit longer. And then the answer comes. Then deliverance comes. And in the gospel narrative, the day made the difference. The day was a day of resurrection. And it changed the world. No. That day changed my life. Has that day changed your life. That one day without that day i would have forever been the same and so would you but that day changes life the greatest event in history frees us from our past and we can live in the light of yesterday and we can move forward into the future in jesus christ this whole easter season from the passover with dr albert to the day of resurrection we've been painting a picture of moving from yesterday to today and forever lord you're worthy you're awesome You're in this place, I pray, that Jesus, you're the ultimate champion. You may be struck down, but the Bible says, but you're not destroyed when you're in Jesus Christ. Write down 2 Corinthians 4, 9. Thanks to Jesus, the word defeat is not in his vocabulary. Jesus doesn't know anything about defeat. Jesus knows everything about victory. He's the undisputed champion of the world. Oh, song that Carmen did. That dates me. Okay, anyway, whatever. He's a champion. He's matchless. He's holy. He's glorious. He rules. He reigns. He's undefeated. He's perfect. He's sinless. He's resurrected. The tomb's empty. Death's defeated. Death declawed. The tomb's empty forever and ever. Faith is vindicated. The soldiers got frustrated. But Christ got up. And he reigns and he rules. A few takeaways at the very bottom. When did you believe the resurrection? When did you personally believe about the resurrection of Jesus Christ? What age were you? Somebody shared you believed. There was a radical call in your life to believe the resurrection of Christ. The second one is, when did you accept? When did you receive the events of the resurrection for your life? When did you make it personal for you? You say, oh, pastor, I did that when I was six. I did that when I was 62. I did that when I was 21. Pastor, I've never done that. in the Gospel of Matthew, the 10th chapter, the 32nd verse, it says this, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge them before my Father. Today, I've been praying about this all week, and I've been praying that today people would acknowledge Jesus Christ as their only personal, living, resurrected hope, and they would acknowledge Jesus today as Savior and Lord. Amen? So Mary, she turns around and she sees the resurrected Jesus. And her faith and our faith hinges on that fact. For Peter, resurrection changes everything. Peter, go feed my sheep. And Peter did. And the third point is, when did you share the events of the resurrection? Apparently, some of you have been sharing the events because our place is full today. David Stamps and me and many in this room have a prayer today that today sticks hallelujah We pray that today sticks and people come back next week And then they bring their friends and people just keep coming go. I gotta have this resurrected christ Because my hope's pretty pitiful So let me set it up this way I'm the prop pastor, okay Hey nexus come here, buddy just come out here and help me out. Here we go. Keep playing, don't stop. Here we go. Sit in that chair right there. Man, you looking, did I hit you? All right, buddy, I love you, man. Now, look at us, man. We look like a bunch of crazy people. Next is how you feeling over there, buddy? Good, all right, man, good. Look at us. Now, I did this for a reason. This is where many people are. They've turned their back on the cross. They've turned their back on Christ. They've turned their back from a relationship with Jesus. Today, I want to give you a biblical word. It's repentance. I want you to turn your chair around. I want you to turn and face Calvary. I want you to turn and face your sin. I want you to turn and face the resurrected Christ. I want you to turn and receive him. Hey, Nexus, let's just turn our chairs to each other. Amen. I want us to be in this kind of relationship. That's what I want you to have with Jesus. Hey, does, does this preach right here, church? That's it, man. It's turning. Repentance. Man, people are like, repentance. That's a biblical word. It is. It means to turn around. See, the other way, I could have run off and you wouldn't have known I was gone. But I'm here, man. I'm with you. And that's what Christ is, Nexus. He wants to sit with you and you with him and have fellowship with you. He wants to redeem you and save you. I know you're already redeemed. And he wants to walk with you. Isn't that awesome? That's Christ. Nexus, thanks for helping me out. There we go. Amen. now here's the deal today i want some people to turn their chairs around not not out there i want you to turn your chair toward jesus i want you to turn your heart toward christ i want you to ask christ to redeem your soul and to give you the hope of eternity in romans ten nine, i love this passage If we declare with our mouth, if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord, and we believe that God is raising from the dead, you will be saved. Put it up on the screen. I know know that verse is there. Yeah, there it is. I just want you to see that powerful verse this morning. It's the hope of Christ. Now, it's 2014 Easter celebration at Ryan Road at Christ Community Church. And I've just decided to do something crazy because I'm just crazy. You know what I'm saying? I just want to be crazy. I read Crazy Love three times by Francis Chan. It messed me up, okay? And I want you to be crazy for Christ. I I want you to nail something down today. So today, we talked about three days. First day, second day, Saturday. Remember, Saturday. Third day is resurrection. Now, I know this, this is crazy. But really, when you think about it, I mean, Christ endured the cross. I'm going to ask people all across this room to stand up when I count to three in a minute. If you're willing to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and receive him into your life today, you're like, Pastor, they'll be looking at me. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I want you to turn your chair to Christ. I want you to look to Christ. I want you to block everybody else out and say, Christ, if you're calling me, I'm going to come to you, I'm going to receive you, I'm going to receive your covering, your blood for my salvation. I'm going to turn my chair around and I'm going to ask you, Christ Jesus, to sit in the chair and rule on the throne of my heart. Now, here's the deal. Now this is going to be tough. I know you're going, man, this is bold. Big, man, hey, this ain't nothing. It's not the Via Della Rosa. Now I'm going to count to three. I'm going to count to three, and when I count to three, then we're going to have a prayer. And some of you are like, man, you're under so much conviction. You're like, I wish you would just stop. I want to go to lunch. I want to go to lunch. I feel Jesus pulling me. That's the tug of the Holy Spirit. It's called conviction. So right now, when I count to three, I want people all over this living room to stand if you need to receive the gospel, you need to receive Christ. One, two, three. Is there anybody? Come on. (laughs) Eight. <laughs> hallelujah do, do, do you see that in a room with hundreds of people there was a person that stood and said I'll acknowledge Jesus that's boldness and that's what Christ wants to do for all of us I think there should have been many others standing but I'll tell you what that's okay I preached the gospel that Christ would be promoted, that Christ would be lifted up. And when he's lifted up, he says, I'll draw people into myself. Today is a day of salvation. We've been believing Christ for souls being saved this morning, church. For the redeemed to say so. So bow your heads. Lord Jesus, today we see the one, but we believe there should have been dozens But Lord, I pray that the one that stood would just say, Lord Jesus, I turn my chair around to you. I want you to be the boss. I want you to be the Lord. And I give you my life today completely. I don't hold on. I receive you, Jesus. Cleanse me by your blood. And be my Savior and Lord. I live for you, Jesus. I pledge allegiance to you this Easter Sunday. Hallelujah. That's the gospel. Not being ashamed, but putting our faith in Christ.